Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hello, hello, Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 167 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Hope you're having a marvellous day, whatever you're up to. A little chilly in my neck of the world, which is not my favourite time of year, but I'm trying not to let it get me down today. Now, today I wanted to chat to you about compliance. Now, I'm wondering whether the word compliance actually makes your eyes glaze over with boredom and uncertainty because I think to be fair for most of us it does it's not the sexiest topic it's not the most exciting topic I get it but when was the last time you reviewed your compliance with the current legislation when was the last time you looked at the modern awards at fair work at your contracts at your documents to make sure that everything was as it should be was it more than six months ago because if so, today's episode is actually really, really important for you. I'm going to unpack today what's changing in the industrial relations landscape in Australia, because this is not the time to be sticking your head in the sand as a business owner or manager, because it has been made abundantly clear that sticking your head in the sand is not going to be okay. It's not going to be an excuse for not getting it right. And the penalties are going to be serious. Big bucks is what they're looking to throw at these fines and penalties towards the back end of 2023. So now really, really is the time to get your head around it and just make sure you've got all your ducks in a row and that your business is protected. Because I would hate for any of you to cop a terrible fine just because of ignorance, because you didn't look at this when you should have or because you didn't know what you didn't know because, you know, we've got better things in business to be spending our money on, right, than paying fines. So today I just want to walk you through the essential compliance updates. This is not a laundry list. This is definitely not all of the changes. I'm going to chat about that in a moment. But these are the cons- the essential things to look at. And really today as we're walking through this episode, I'd love you to create your own little checklist of the things that you need to do that you haven't already actioned. So look, if you're driving, maybe use some kind of AI app to make that checklist for you. If you're out walking, perhaps the same. Um, But otherwise, if you're at your desk listening to this episode, get your pen and paper out, get your Google Doc open and start to make a list because I really, really just want to make sure your businesses are protected. So we want to chat about what's changing, why it's happening and all of that, I want to run you through some of the key changes and help you create that checklist. That's what today's episode is all about, to give you the action steps so you know that you, what you need to do. So let's, I guess, zoom up in the first instance, though, and have a look at why the industrial relations landscape seems to be changing so significantly right now. And really, all it comes down to, it's very simple, we had a change of government nationally in Australia last year. Went from a Liberal government to a Labor government. And I don't really like to get into politics. It's not my favourite topic to talk about. 
But we have to acknowledge that different sides of politics have different agendas, different focuses on a whole range of policies and uh, how we do things. And industrial relations is no different. Now, this won't surprise you to know that Labor like to look after employees rather than entrepreneurs and business owners. Their interest is in fighting for the underdog, looking after and supporting working class Australians. So after a you know relatively lengthy stint, I guess you could say under a Liberal government, just like in lots of other areas, the Labor government is looking to put their stamp on things. And they are making a lot of changes in this space. I mean, I've been referring to it as an avalanche of changes. It's not a stretch to say this is unprecedented, the level of change we're seeing here. Certainly since the Fair Work Act and the Modern Award System was put in place in 2009-2010, this is the biggest raft of significant changes that we're seeing. So it is what it is. We are seeing a new government come in. They want to make change. Their focus is on looking after employees, looking after the underdogs, supporting working class Australians. So the changes are going to reflect that. Simple as that. So the other factor to this is this is multi-layered. This is not just about tweaking the modern awards, changing the Fair Work Act, adding something in. This is also layered in with anti-discrimination laws, um, protections around discrimination at work, preventing sexual harassment at work. There's a whole range of layered uh, legislation in the mix here. So lots of things are changing on lots of angles. So let's unpack the key changes that I want to chat about today. Now, I just want to reinforce the point. This is not a laundry list. This is not an exhaustive explanation of every single nuanced change that are in play right now, because this would be a five-hour episode if that was the case. These are the big chunks that I want you to pay attention to, but don't assume that there's no other changes. There is absolutely more changes outside of this, but I really want to cover off the big ones with you today. So the first big change, and you will have heard me talk about this on the podcast before, is the introduction of what is called the Secure Jobs and Better Pay Act. Now, pretty simple, as the name suggests. (laughs) This is about making jobs more secure and increasing wages. That simple. So there's a few changes within this act. and, And again, this is not an exhaustive list. This was a very significant piece of legislation with a lot of changes. It actually took a a fairly lengthy time to get through Parliament because it was so controversial in some of the aspects. But the key changes we're seeing here is the ban in pay secrecy clauses, which I've spoken about before. So as of last December, so December 2022, you cannot have a clause in your employment contracts that states that uh, employees need to keep their pay confidential. Employees have a workplace right now to disclose their pay and their remuneration package, however that's formed, with whomever they want, whenever they want. They also have an, um, a right or an entitlement to ask other people from your business or from other businesses about their particular remuneration package. So, If you've got pay secrecy clauses, and whilst pay secrecy sounds a bit dramatic, all it is is a clause in your employment contract that says the details of your salary are private and confidential and should should not be disclosed to anyone else. If you've got a line like that in your employment contracts, you need to add this to your checklist and get it out. Starting from June, they are going to start fining businesses for having these clauses in for contracts that have been made this year. You want it out of there. The, the, the fines and the penalties are going to be significant. So 
So that's one of the changes that came with the pay, a Secure Jobs Better Pay Act. Very significantly, and we haven't seen this start to play out yet, but we will in the back half of 2023, we are seeing a massive, massive amount of change to the enterprise bargaining landscape. Now, I will do a future episode on this alone because it is huge, the changes that are coming here. And most significantly, and, and there is lots of changes, but most significantly, they are increasing the capacity for businesses to be able to jointly work together and create a multi-employer enterprise bargaining agreement. Now, that sounds slightly terrifying and a little bit concerning and maybe complicated. And it's, to be fair, maybe all of those things for some businesses. So, there's, and again, I'll, I'll do a whole episode on this, but at the highest level, there is ability for businesses to come together and bargain collectively to create an enterprise agreement that will cover multiple organisations, provided they have a common thread or a common interest. There's also going to be the capacity in one of these streams of bargaining for a multi-employer enterprise agreement to be created and then for, for example, a union to rope in an additional employer into that agreement as long as certain conditions are met, even if that employer doesn't want to participate. That's probably the most concerning aspect for me. I'm all for bargaining if both the employer and the employees want to participate in that. But being forced into it, yeah, I don't love the idea so much. But as I said, we haven't started to see this actually play out yet. This will start to take effect in June. But when I say this is not the time to stick your head in the sand, this is one of those particular areas that um, particularly if you've got union activity in your industry, I would be keeping a very close eye on this because I think we're going to see some aggressive bargaining strategies. So there's huge changes coming in enterprise bargaining. We're also seeing a broadening of the ability for different groups of employees, a, a larger group of employees, to request flexible work arrangements. So things like when someone's coming back from parental leave, their ability to request a flexible work arrangement, work different hours, work from home, for example. The groups of people able to request that flexibility is growing and there is far tighter limitations on what employers can do if they want to deny a request. It's not going to be as simple as, nope, sorry, that doesn't work for us. There is going to be a much higher burden of proof at the employer's end and the Fair Work Commission will be able to arbitrate over these matters. So again, this doesn't come into effect till June, but this is the time to start to get yourself aware and understand your rights. We're also seeing the limitation on the use of fixed-term contracts um, come into effect in December. If you use fixed-term contracts in your business, you've got six months to get your ducks in a row. This is, again, an area where you do want to be doing some forward planning and some understanding because if you've relied on fixed-term contracts until now, and lots of industries do, I think about schools and teachers being on fixed-term contracts, um, Lots of organisations use them. But if that's a structure you've relied on, it's not going to be something you can rely on quite so heavily in the future and you want to start looking at those changes now. And as we discussed just last week or a couple of weeks ago now on the podcast, there's going to be restrictions to being able to direct employees to take leave without pay during your Christmas close-down periods from this year. For many of you, about 70-odd awards. So that's another area that you want to be across. 
So that's one raft of changes that are coming in under the Secure Jobs Better Pay Act. Now, there's all different dates attached. Some have been in effect since last December. Some are coming, some came in March, some are coming in June, some in December. But this is where I want you to start your checklist. Do you need to revise your employment contracts? Do you need to start to consider how to protect yourself in a bargaining situation? Do you understand what an employee's rights are around workplace flexibility requests? Start to get your checklist together. The second big raft of changes is around family and domestic violence leave. Now, this has been in place for a while now. Um, So what we've seen is the introduction of 10 days paid family and domestic violence leave. It's been imported, imported, introduced into the Fair Work Act. And that took a place in February for most businesses, or it has been delayed till August for small businesses with fewer than 15 employees. Um, And there's some rules around this, like you can't print the use of um, family and domestic violence leave on a payslip because you've got to maintain confidentiality, for example. The 10 days is available to every employee, including part-time employees and casuals, and it gets topped up every year. So making sure that you're across this and possibly have the right structures and policies in place so people know how to access this new kind of leave. That's the other big change. And the third big raft of changes is coming under the uh, framework of the Respect at Work Act, which is another new piece of legislation that has just come into place. Now, this piece of legislation is very interesting. It um, sort of layers in from fair work into um, uh, harassment discrimination law. Uh, So there's various departments and authorities involved here. The biggest change is that as an employer, you now have what they call a positive duty to proactively eliminate sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination from your workplace. It's not enough to have a policy to deal with sexual harassment at work. You have to be taking proactive and positive steps to eliminate sexual harassment and sex-based discrimination in your workplace. And again, the fines will be big for employers not doing this in coming months. What does that look like? It's going to be different for every business. A business with three staff is going to have a very different structure around positive duty to a business with 300 staff. And you need to get across what that's going to mean for you. Under this act as well, there's a broadening of uh, capacity to make sexual harassment complaints. So employees will have two years to do that. And there's a whole extension of protected attributes under discrimination law that employees can't be, for example, discriminated against because they're breastfeeding or because of their gender identity or their intersex status. So the Respect at Work Act is really about sex-based discrimination and sexual harassment in the workplace. And we as employers have to do a whole lot more to comply with that law than we have ever had to before. And there's, there's other changes as well. There's new rules in order to reduce gender pay gaps where bigger businesses need to actively report their salaries for uh, the roles in their business based on gender. We've got changes to the paid parental leave scheme or parental leave pay governed by Services Australia coming in in July, which is going to change how employees can access that. And there's more changes coming. This is just what we know about so far. What we know for certain is this is not the end of the changes. So knowing all of these changes, what do you need to do as an employer to ensure that you are compliant? What needs to go on your checklist and your to-do list? I'm going to run you through some of the key things. So this is where your pen and paper might be handy. Firstly, 
review your employment contracts. Make sure that those pay secrecy clauses are out and that everything, whilst you're at it, (laughs) make sure that everything else in your contracts is compliant. If you have employees that are award covered and you don't have individual flexibility agreements in place and you're not following the award to the letter, this is the time to have a look at that. Whilst you're looking at your contracts, look at everything that surrounds the contract, but most importantly, remove those pay secrecy clauses. Get to understand your obligations around uh, workplace flexibility requests, because I know for many businesses, they would get a request and say, look, someone wants to come back three days. That doesn't really work for me, so I'm going to say no. That's not going to fly anymore. And employees are going to have much broader um, opportunities, I should say, to go to the Fair Work Commission and make a complaint. So we're going to see a lot of activity coming out of the Fair Work Commission around dealing with these kinds of complaints. You have to justify why you can't uh, accept a flexible work arrangement request. If you have fixed-term contracts in place in your business, review them in the next two months. You'll have till the end of the year to get it sorted, but I would start now if this is a structure you've relied on to make sure you don't get caught out in timing. And if you are in an industry which may be impacted by the changes to collective enterprise bargaining, maybe you sense union activity, maybe your employees have asked about bargaining before, maybe you're working on job sites where there are other organisations where this is a thing for them, get across it now. Start to do your research, get advice. I guess the other thing I want to emphasize today is you do not have to go it alone when it comes to figuring this out. Get some support. There are HR practitioners just like me who are ready to help. Reach out to my team. Um, Get your advice. Contact Fair Work. They have a free line you can call to get the advice you need. And if you close your business down over Christmas, Start to think about your leave management now, particularly if you are covered by one of the 70 plus awards that has had that uh, clause change in the last few weeks. So that's about five things already on your list. If you have staff who are going on parental leave this year, particularly if their uh, children are being born from the 1st of July or they're adopting a child um, after the 1st of July, there are new rules and it's going to be really important for you to understand them and how it's going to interrelate with their unpaid leave from work. So start to look at that now and get your policies in place around parental leave requests. I think I really have to say parental leave is one of the most complicated areas of the legislation to navigate. If you've had an employee go on leave and you've been left unsure when they're coming back, how they're coming back, what you need to do, you're not alone. It's very complicated. So do get across that now. And the final thing I want you to all add to your checklist, because I don't imagine anyone has this right yet, is understanding your positive duty to eliminate sex-based discrimination and sexual harassment at work. Do you have a policy? Have you trained your staff? Has your leadership team been educated? Do you have processes in place? How are you proactively preventing sexual harassment at work? Because there's a lot to do there. It's not very simple to meet your positive duty obligation and I don't imagine any business as of right now, May 2023, has that right yet because it's so new and it's such a significant shift. So add all of that to your checklist. Now, I know that feels like a lot to think about. And as I said, this is not an extensive or exhaustive list. There is a whole lot more in the changes that are coming and the changes that have happened in the last six months. But please don't feel like you have to go it alone. Get the support, reach out 
um, to a HR advisor or a HR practitioner, reach out to the Fair Work Commission, the Fair Work Ombudsman's Office are the ones that are able to help you most with advice around this. But do not stick your head in the sand. Doing nothing is the worst possible scenario for you because the fines and the penalties and just the stress of having to manage a complaint is just not worth it. So I'm hoping as you've gone through today's episode, you've got a checklist together, you've started to put some thought into some areas you might need to start working on to ensure that you're compliant and just getting started is a great great plan. Now, if you'd like to ask some questions or join in a conversation around all of these changes, please join us in our Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. You can find us over on Facebook if you search that in groups or just click the link, which is in today's show notes, available wherever you are listening to this episode today. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know compliance is not sexy or fun or exciting, but it is unfortunately really, really important. And I'm hoping today has given you some thought starters to help make sure your business is protected and you're set up to navigate these changes really effectively. Thanks again for joining me. Have an awesome week and I'll speak to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. 